What is up, my love? Welcome to the Love Stands Here podcast. I'm your host, Megan Brianna from lovestandshere.com, and I'm a life coach, a certified eating psychology coach, but most of all, I'm just a girl who really loves Jesus and has spent a lot of time learning how to not only discover my worth through him, but also how to cultivate the characteristics that we're called into in order to live a healthy and purposeful life of love and service. My friend, living in the world can be really tough, and all too often we're taught beliefs and given messages by a broken society that make us feel like we're never enough and our worth is only skin deep. But I'm here to share some good news. Your worth is not in the world, but in God's beautiful word. So if you're looking for encouragement to live and love better, you're in the right place. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends if you feel called, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Love ya. I'm so glad to be back. I missed you last week. Thank you so much for the grace in my break. I just finished six weeks of working seven days a week with the exception of three days. (laughs) I think I had three days off in six weeks. I felt very strongly back in March that God was calling me to leave my part-time job at the salon that I've been working at for the last two and a half years. And so since the end of April until last week, I was working six weeks at the salon and also transitioning into the job I have at a daylily farm that I work at in the summer. So right now I am just at the farm until September. And I love it. I'm very excited about that. Um, But I definitely needed that break. And after this, I'm not really sure what God is going to call me into. I know I have a little bit more time to focus on ministry and figuring out what this is going to look like moving forward. Obviously, I'm going to continue to do my podcast, but I feel very strongly like I'm, I don't know, I'm meant to get back into facilitating a community or something, but I'm not quite sure. I'm going to continue to pray on it and I'm excited. And as far as like work, paying work, I'm not sure. But with that said, I do want to give a shout out to those of you that have donated to the Love Stands Here podcast. I appreciate you so, so much. Um, And if that is something that you feel moved to do, I would greatly appreciate it. So we can continue to get this out to as many people as possible. Uh, You can go to lovestandshere.com backslash donate or uh, to do a monthly contribution, you can go to anchor.fm backslash love hyphen stands hyphen here backslash support. I will put the links in the show notes. Again, really, really appreciate it. And so I, if you didn't catch it, I, I usually do my updates on Instagram if I'm going to be gone for a week or if I'm going to be posting late or something because I can't seem to get my life together with my email list right now. (laughs) And so Instagram is kind of where it's at. So if you don't follow me over there, go ahead and follow me love underscore stands underscore here. So you don't miss any updates. But last week I mentioned that in today's episode, I wanted to talk about sacrifice in honor of Memorial day. And I was, you know, doing some research and reading my Bible and looking up verses for this. And there are so many that are so good and they align so well with what I wanted to talk about. I mean, honestly, sacrifice is kind of a big deal in kingdom living, right? So I found quite a few, but I'm only going to talk about a couple today. One of them is actually eight verses that I think is really, really important, but I love, you know, all of this is just so 
in alignment with what we're talking about in my church and just what I've been feeling since I've gotten on TikTok and how important unity has always been to me and making sure that everybody feels welcome is something I have always felt very passionately about. It's just, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know how to create boundaries around that. So it did me more harm than good, you know, just wanting to love everybody. I allowed a lot of people into my life that I shouldn't have, but now in the last three and a half years in healing in my relationship with Jesus, I now understand how important it is to create boundaries and how it's okay to not let certain people in your life and to walk away from circumstances and environments that aren't meant for you. And just because you have to walk away from certain people or environments, it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. It just means they're not right for you. And like I've said in the past, I used to let my feelings, my emotions control me and control my decision-making because of my relationship with God, I've been able to develop discernment. And that is a process, you know, learning how to be discerning about what people in what circumstances and environments are good for you in your life, what direction God wants you to walk in. It's really powerful. And now I have a compass. I have scripture and being in fellowship with, with other Christians that I can seek counsel from it it helps me walk in the right direction. And I, you know, I am finally, I finally feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I'm happier. I'm more peaceful. I stress less. I don't struggle with all the things I used to struggle with. And a lot of that is because I've been able to create boundaries and understand that the boundaries that I create, the things that I walk away from, you know, it's not about other people and it's not about rejecting other people or rejecting certain things. It's just about knowing that certain people and certain things aren't meant for me. So now that I've mentioned that I no longer struggle with the things that I used to struggle with in the world, like the codependency and the depression and the anxiety and allowing my body image to control me, it doesn't mean I don't struggle. Because I'm a human, I struggle and I will always struggle just like every single other human out there. And this Christian journey is not easy because where I don't struggle with those things I just mentioned anymore, it's still a matter of sacrificing my flesh and dying to my flesh, which, you know, if you're not really sure what that means, Basically, all of those feelings and emotions that most of us let control us, that is our flesh talking, and it is disconnected from our spiritual self, um, and we let that control us. So, you know, the when we feel uncomfortable in our situation, when we feel uncomfortable as a person, when we feel like we don't have an identity, we're not sure what our identity is we don't like that feeling. So we tend to let things of this world control us, money, power, sex, drugs, alcohol, um, food, just a number of different things. And to walk as a Christian, um, knowing that it's our responsibility to become more Christ-like, to become more spiritual and to help to do that so we can help other people it's denying those feelings of wanting to cope because we're uncomfortable. So it's, it's constantly this, this tug of war between our physical human selves and our spiritual selves. That's what it feels like to me anyway. And that is hard because no matter what, we're living in a world that is broken. And so we're constantly having to resist that. 
even when we do have a relationship with God and that is so much better because, you know, we, we know we have this loving presence in our lives and we know we're so loved and we have that relationship. It's still hard because we still live in the world that made us sick to begin with. Um, so that is what makes it hard. And of course, also, you know, sharing Jesus with people is hard because it's hard for people to understand having a relationship with a, with a presence that you can't see. It's hard to believe that. And believe me, before I had my Damascus Road experience, before Jesus made himself known to me in a very, very significant way, I wouldn't have understood it either. So hats off to those of you who have faith um, by not seeing, because that's not how I came to the faith. I came to it because I had an experience with it. So now I can't deny it, but I don't know that I ever would have come to Jesus if I didn't, if I didn't see him work in my life, if that makes sense. So with all of that said, the struggle of Christians is constant sacrifice. Um, if we're doing it in the way that we're called to do it, you know, love God and love your neighbor the same as you love yourself in order to do those things, you have to, you have to die to yourself, to your worldly self, to your human self. And so the first verse that I want to bring up is Luke nine. Um, it's actually two verses, 23 through 24. It says, then he said to them all, and this is Jesus speaking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. So here he's speaking about the difference between your spiritual self and your human physical self. So deny yourselves, deny your human self, take up your cross daily. And again, daily, this is something you don't, you don't just practice doing. And then all of a sudden it becomes easy. You have to wake up and you have to, it does become easier. I think anyway, but it is still something you have to practice daily because there are days that it's harder. You know, there are days that you might have experienced something heartbreaking where that makes it really, really hard to stay connected to the spirit. And so those days it's hard not to want to, to turn to things of the world to cope, you know? So it's a daily pursuit. Um, so for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. And he's talking about life in human form, save your life in human form and you'll lose it in the spiritual sense, save your life as in like your fleshly life and you'll lose it spiritually, but lose your life, lose in the physical sense and you will save yourself spiritually. And the most important thing is to save your spiritual self because that's where everything comes from. You know, we live this life wanting happiness and joy and compassion and, and love and you know, we want to be able to be self-disciplined and we want to be able to take care of our family members and we want to be better. I think most of us do anyway, and we want to make the world better, but we don't understand that that comes from our spiritual selves. And if we have no connection to who we are spiritually, our identity in Christ, it's very difficult, if not impossible to get to that place. And I'll be honest, one of my biggest frustrations right now is all the conversation we're having about everything that's happening in the world. And it's always been a thing, of course. But I think because 
I'm so much deeper in my relationship with God and so much more aware of how important it is that things start with us and our own healing. I'm more frustrated, but my frustration, usually we get frustrated about things that we still struggle with ourselves, right? So the things that really bother us about other people are often a reflection of things that we still have to work on. So I know that is true because I want to be of service, but I still struggle trying to balance, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out how much of my time and energy and resources I'm supposed to sacrifice. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to experience burnout because I want to be able to serve people in a way that is, that actually helps them. And you can't do that if you don't have a full cup. So I'm still praying about that and trying to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm trying to decide, like I said, at the beginning, if I want to create another community, um, I don't have a ton of resources to do anything huge, but I, I facilitated several like support groups before, and I'm trying to figure out what that looks like now that I'm in a new space in life. So I, I struggle with that for myself, but I also, I'm having a hard time like looking at people and having conversations with people that are just so frustrated and disgusted by what's going on in the world, but nobody will lift a finger to do anything about it. And this is what Jesus couldn't stand about the Pharisees. You know, it was all about law and order. It was about right or wrong and making sure that everybody was following the law to the T. And Jesus was like, listen, that's not what this is about anymore. You know, this is about service. This is about sacrifice. And if you are not doing anything to serve people, then what you are saying is pointless. So if we're having conversations about the things that make us angry, the things that grieve us, but we're not doing anything about it, it is pointless. It's fine to lament and it's fine to express your grief. Of course, I'm not saying that's wrong, but to complain and to do it over and over and over again and to have arguments with other people, especially strangers you don't know, but to not lift a finger to sacrifice your own resources, your own time, your own money to help on behalf of those things you're frustrated about. It's, it's pointless. And I know it's really hard to look at these, these things that are happening in the world and in our country and at a government level and to think that we could, do, we could possibly do anything about them. But I will tell you right now, healing and the hope of the world and change starts with us. I know you've heard that before, but let me go ahead and drill it into your head. It starts with us and it starts at a community level. If you see things that terrify you and that grieve you and, and that frustrate you, it's because you're meant to do something. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go storm the Capitol building, but it does mean that you can find some way to be of service in your community, to make a change in your community. And just a little story here, <laughs> when I first started um, walking this journey, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I was doing it in isolation for about a year and a half and I didn't even have a Bible for the first year and I didn't even start going to church until two years after I started developing my relationship with God. And the reason I started going to church, I felt very strongly, it was in August of 2020, I think, I felt very strongly that it was finally time for me to get into a church community. And around that time, one of the girls I was working with at the salon that I was working at was about to get married. She was getting married in September. 
So this was probably around July. And she had a, I can't remember if it was a bridal shower or bachelorette party, but whatever it was, <laughs> um, she had it at her house and one of her sisters was there. And I got to know her a little bit and I started talking to her about my relationship with God. And I told her, I, I felt like it was time for me to get into a church community. And we started talking and she invited me to her church. And I don't think that she realized just inviting me to church, what a huge impact that was going to have on my life. And I'm, I'm not sure she, she even does now. And I've told her several times, I've thanked her over and over and over again, because just her asking me or letting me know about her church and inviting me to go with her. She had no idea that that invitation was going to help me find a community of women that love me and support me that I've never had before. She didn't know that it was going to help me find just a community where I felt like I had purpose for the first time in my life. She didn't know that it was going to help me find a community of men that helped me start to feel comfortable around men for the first time in my life. I walked into that church for the first time and I instantly felt welcomed and I instantly felt safe, um, even around the men. And that, like I mentioned before, that was something that I was really struggling with. I always struggled with it in life. And especially after my experience with my ex, I was uber terrified of men in general. And because I had been isolated, pretty isolated for so long, I hadn't had a lot of experiences with men yet, you know, just in in society, really, in social settings. So to be able to walk into a church and feel instantly safe around a group of men that I didn't know was huge for me. And that experience over the last two years, almost two years that I've been at that church, is a huge part of the reason that I'm starting to learn how to trust men. So I have grown so much and I have healed so much because of my church community. And it was all because of one invitation from somebody who probably had no idea how much of an impact that was going to make. So being of service to other people could just start with a conversation. And this is why the Great Commission is so important. Go out and make disciples of all nations. And also the greatest two commandments, love God, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, go out and make disciples of all nations. It's, they're both acts. <laughs> You know, we're, we're doing it for people. We're loving people. We're helping people come to Jesus and, you know, talking to people about Jesus that don't have faith, that don't know Jesus is really difficult. Um, my pastor just shared a story on Sunday where, um, you know, our whole series right now at church is about the great commission. And he was sharing how they had done a workshop about loving your neighbor and they did this exercise and they practiced it at a small group and the pastor's kids were there and they were getting involved and they were drawing. And so the next day, uh, the pastor, he was at a gas station and he had his kids in the car with him and they knocked on the window and he opened the door and they told him to go talk to the man at the pump. He was, I don't know, taking out the trash or something about Jesus. Go tell him about Jesus. Go share the gospel with him. <laughs> And our pastor said, so I walked over and I started having a conversation with him and he ended up leaving, not talking to this guy about 
Jesus. And his daughter was like, dad, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you just talk to him? It was, he was right there. He looks so nice. It's so easy. And my pastor said he actually felt really ashamed. And um, he shares openly that outside of the church setting, he struggles to share the gospel with people because it does get intimidating. And I love that about both of our pastors. They're so transparent in what they struggle with and not just up on stage where their sermons are rehearsed so they can like integrate things that they struggle with um, into a rehearsed message. You can have a conversation with them unrehearsed and they will be just as transparent. And I think that's so wonderful. But it is it is hard. It is hard to share ourselves with people. It's hard to share Jesus with people. It's hard to be sacrificial. It's hard to go out and serve. And a big part of the reason it's hard is because we're scared, because we struggle with things that are unhealed in our lives. We have things that have been passed down from generation to generation that we have not healed from, um, a tendency for anxiety, depression, and some of that is chemical. Absolutely. Some of that, I don't, I can't remember if it's genetic, but a lot of anxiety and depression is also caused by learned behavior and by belief systems that get passed down. And eventually it has to end. Eventually somebody in the bloodline has to say, this is going to end with me. And we have to take measures to heal so that we don't continue to pass it down. If we struggle with something, we have to take a stand and we have to say, I don't want to continue to share this with the people that I love and, and with generations after me in my bloodline. We have to make a decision to make a difference. And if we are going to get frustrated about the things in the world that are terrifying and that are painful and that are unfair, we have to make a decision to change first. And once we heal, once we're able to start to heal from the fear we have of other people, um, you know, our anxiety that we have being in the world, being around other people, our intimidation of other people, our insecurities, that's when it becomes easier to serve because we're more comfortable going out into the world because we know we have a comforter. We know we have the armor of God and we don't have to be scared of people. And therefore we can serve people better. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's been my issue. I struggle to step out and to serve people because I've been scared of people my entire life. But because of my relationship with God, I'm learning that I don't have to be scared of people anymore because God is my protector. And I'm not trying to impress people anymore. I'm trying to do what I know I'm meant to do for the kingdom. And that is to love people. I can't be worried about impressing people if I'm supposed to love them. But that all came with, you know, learning that I'm a child of God learning that my identity is in Christ and not in the world. That came first for me before I was really able to start prioritizing service. Okay. And then the second part of scripture that I wanted to talk about is Philippians 2 verses 1 through 8. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Philippi. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who 
being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, I want to ask you a question. After listening to all of that, I don't know if you are a Christian or not. I want to know if that sounds awful to you, <laughs> because I know that had I read this passage before I knew Jesus, I probably would have pinpointed things like thinking of others more highly than ourselves and like the idea of being a servant to each other and all of the sacrifice. I would have thought, um, yeah, people don't deserve that, right? I mean, it's okay. And I was just talking to a friend about this today. We have to realize that not everybody is at the same place in their journey. There are things that I understand about God and about the Bible that I couldn't at all comprehend at the beginning of my journey. Not because there was anything wrong with me, but because that is just the process of human evolution. And I believe that God reveals things to us. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us in the way that he wants to in his timing. So, I mean, at the early stages of my belief in Jesus, I was still trying to integrate new age spirituality into it. And it's funny because had I hopped on TikTok and created a video, people would have given me a very, very hard time and shamed me and made me feel guilty about what I was saying. But for me at the time, that was very real, like trying to integrate other pra spiritual practices into my relationship with Jesus. That was very real. And it actually helped me move forward. It was just my process. So it wasn't wrong. And we need to stop making people wrong for their process. I believe that if people are truly seeking after God, then their process is between them and God. And it's not our job to make it right or wrong. Remember, we all have a process and we have to trust that God is doing what he's doing in other people's lives, even if it doesn't look like we think it should. Anyway, this whole passage, it's about sacrifice and it's about selflessness and it's about what true love actually looks like. And I imagine if you ask somebody or if you think about love as a definition created by the world, most of us would just think, well, I just love this person. It's how I feel. But love is not a feeling. We can have nice feelings attached to the, the love that we have for people. But the love as a feeling is something that the world created. Love is in action. And it's a sacrificial act. And we have to remember that. I remember when I was still a part of the coaching world. And I was practicing more new agey spirituality and there was a another like life coach that i was friends with and i remember she posted something once about not wanting to be humble because humbling yourself meant making yourself lower than others and i was like yeah right on that's so true <laughs> now i think about it and i'm like oh man humility is so important and we look at all of this stuff and it really, it does from the outside when you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it looks like making us, making ourselves less than so people can walk all over us. And that's not what it's about at all. Let me tell you something, practicing humility for me and learning to 
um, deal with my pride and understanding that as a human, it's my job to serve other people, just having a heart for service in general. That has been so freeing for me. Humility has been so freeing for me because it, it makes me feel less like I have to be everything for everybody. It makes me feel less like I have to compare myself to other people because I'm not trying, like I'm not putting myself up on a pedestal. That is something that I'm still trying really hard not to do because I can't remember if I talked about in the last episode, but a lot of times because I often put myself below people to correct that, I will put myself above people. I think it's a subconscious thing that I do out of fear because when I feel really self-conscious, it's easier for me to just put myself you know, above people. So I feel, but that's what we do, right? That's what we do as humans. That's pride. But knowing, like stepping into humility and knowing that I'm imperfect and every other human is broken and imperfect as well, that is so freeing. And having a heart to serve and wanting to serve people and being able to forgive people, even people that the world would tell us shouldn't be forgiven, that is so freeing as well. These are the things that have helped me relieve my anxiety and depression a million percent because my anxiety and depression have always come from trying to people please, trying to be like everybody else, comparison, and that constant cycle between putting myself up on a pedestal and putting myself below people. And when you have a relationship with God, you realize that, again, we're all broken. We're all made in God's image. We don't need to compare ourselves. God has his own purpose for each one of us. We all have our own walk with God. And that is humility. We're no better than anybody else, even if it might look that way in the world. It's our job to forgive people. It's our job to serve people. And it actually feels better to our spirit. But we look at these words and we think, oh, this is legalism and this is slave driving. And it's just, it's not true. It's, it's not. I, I am much happier. I, I am much more joyful. I am much more peaceful. I'm much more compassionate. And it's because of humility and it's because of sacrifice. And it's because of service and the acknowledgement that that is my responsibility. And it feels good to me because it's spirit led. So as I said, closer to the beginning, unity has always been really, really important to me. And even though I lost my way and I have very much been a part of division in my own little space, it's still in my heart and it still breaks my heart when I see that we are making it more important to be right than to figure out some way to come together over any topic, whether it be small or large. And yes, I know there are positions that are important to hold when it comes to wrong or right and how it relates to the Bible, but there are a lot, a lot, a lot of situations where being wrong or right, it doesn't matter. You know, so many arguments could be solved just by taking a step in serving people, to serve people with love. So when I read the first part of this passage, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. That's so powerful. 
because if we are truly connected to God and we truly have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we will experience these things. Comfort and tenderness and compassion. Comfort was the very first thing that I experienced when I was saved. Just this overwhelming wave of comfort that what I prayed for day to day. And it was that overwhelming wave of comfort that I got from the spirit that helped me get through my healing journey. You know, the days where I thought I couldn't move forward, it was that comfort that helped me move forward. So why would I not want to share that with other people when I know that is what healed me from the darkest place I've ever been in in my life? So I think that we should really think about that. And as Christians, yes, we are saved. Salvation is the biggest thing. And while we want other people to be saved, do we want other people to be saved for them? Or do we want other people to be saved because we want other people to believe the same thing that we believe? Because if our goal is really to share Jesus with people and to share salvation with people, the message needs to go beyond, hey, invite Jesus into your life, believe in Jesus, and you'll go to heaven. I think maybe it will help with some people. I think some people can walk up to somebody and say, hey, man, Jesus is the answer, and God will use that to help that person. I mean, we can't put limits on God. God will work in ways that we do not expect, and he will work in ways that aren't in the Bible because that's how he worked in me. He came to me through a New Age spirituality book, and there would be lots of people that would argue that with me because New Age spirituality is wicked in the Bible. But we cannot put limits on God and what he can do. So we need to remember that sharing Jesus with people is about kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and joy and peace and love and patience and the fruit of just the fruit of the spirit in general. That is the kind of that is how we're supposed to walk. The kind of person we're supposed to be demonstrates those characteristics because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when we can represent Jesus, who was the embodiment of those characteristics, when we can represent him well, that is, I believe, the best way we're going to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus. So that's what I have today. And I just want to encourage you. I talked about several different things, but sacrifice, I know it can sound so scary, but we really are spiritual beings. You know, our spirit is the core of who we are. Sorry about the noisy motorcycle. Um, and connecting with our spirit through our relationship with God is what is going to make us the most fruitful humans that we can be on this earth while we still walk this earth. And sacrifice is a part of that because love is what we're supposed to be doing. Remember, love is an action. And love requires sacrifice, the kind of love that is biblical, the kind of love that can change the world and change people. But we have to remember that when we learn about sacrifice in the world, it's different than the way we learn about it as people of God, because sacrificing in the world happens without God's grace. And when you don't have God's grace for something, it's often devastating and it's draining and it kills us spiritually. But when we have God's grace to do something, when we start practicing that discernment, 
and we start to understand the things that God has graced us for, the environments that he has put us in, that he wants to put us in, the people that he wants to put in our lives. He gives us the grace to be sacrificial for those people, to those people and in those environments. God gives us the strength. God gives us the grace. People don't do that. The world doesn't do that. So when we try to practice all of these things, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control, the sacrifice, the love outside of a relationship with God, yes, it hurts. And yes, it's painful and it doesn't feel good and it's messed up and it's damaging and it's broken. But when we take these things and we plug it into a relationship with God, man, it is beautiful. That's all for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And hey, if you don't mind, would you do me a favor and rate, review, and share this message with somebody if you feel like it hit home so we can get these messages out to more people. And also, you can go over to lovestandshere.com if you want to check out my blog posts. And also, if you would like to contact me, if you have any questions or comments or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can head on over there. You can also follow me at love underscore stands underscore here on Instagram. I hope you have a great week. I love you and I will talk to you next week. Bye.